What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. Look who's back. It's Robert Stangler. Nick Budig is always with us. Robert, man, good to have you back after your two-week break. You've been watching spring training, though. You've been plugged in, ready to get after it today, I can tell. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm back in the desert. It's uh, hot as heck. Um, I don't have my fan on right now, so I envy you guys. It's a little bit chillier there. The one time where you don't want the heat to be you know, at its peak, and we're getting close to it. We're getting into those summer eight days here, and uh, it's gonna get hot, man. Man, we were we were at a cool like fifty five today. It was beautiful. Yeah. Really, we yeah. got up to sixty five up here. You got warmer than here. It, it was very very warm. It's heated. Can't complain. No, you after can't. After the cold winter, Nick, how's it going, <laughs> dude? It's uh, it's going great. Um, we have spring break coming up for our school, so. Uh, I'm ready for a week off and just watch baseball that whole time. There you go. I enjoy that. I enjoy to hear that. And uh, Well, we got spring training talk to, to go over today. We've had about two weeks of spring training games. Well, I should say like a week and a half, right? Yeah. We've had a few weeks, I'll just say that, of spring training games under our belts. We've got some players to evaluate. We've seen some prospects make their... Major League debuts in some sense in spring training. And today we're going to break down some of the players that have caught our eye, whether they be overreactions or uh, maybe some people are preconceiving them as overreactions. I don't really know how to put it, but we're, we're essentially going to put together some players that have been doing well in spring and we're going to say, is it legit or not? Let's just, that's, that was probably a better way of putting it. Good um, job. So we've got kind of a list of guys that we want to go over. And uh, so we'll do that, and hopefully they'll be the guys that you watch out for for the next few weeks of spring training because the regular season is just around the corner on April 1st, believe it or not. That is like, that's three weeks away, two and a half weeks away already. So can't wait. Uh, Before we get into it, just want to remind you that we're on all of your audio platforms. We're on Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us and uh, follow us on social media. We're at Stitcher's Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, again, that's at SitchesPod on Facebook and Twitter. Our email is thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com if you want to send your questions or comments. So, spring training, like I said, a few weeks under our belt. we got some players to go over. Robert, we'll start with you. Throw a player who has caught your eye. Uh, either you can say it's an overreaction or some someone that you think is legit. Well, I only have one overreaction, and the overreaction on this player is actually someone I've liked for a few years now. But the one thing that really stands out to me this year is he's up to his old habits. Cedric Mullins, an outfielder for the Baltimore Orioles, has another solid spring. He's a 389 batting average with a 389 on base percentage, meaning he has no walks. All of his on base percentage is eluded to his hit ability. But. If you go look at him, his hit ability has really been the ground balls that we have known to love with him. He gets on with his speed. It's actually the concerning thing for me is he has shown no signs of getting better. And I thought that the upside was definitely going to be a 10, 12 home run guy with about 20 stolen bases. He has shown no signs, even in spring training, that he is getting away from that system. So I would say definitely an overreaction on the fact that he is basically the same player. There's nothing there, nothing, no changes. And probably hitting... So, you know, rusty pitchers or minor yeah, league pitchers. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Although I will vouch that it's not like Austin Hayes is doing any better. So, there you go. 
Yeah. Uh, Cedric Mullins had like a secretly pretty good fantasy year last year, if you looked at it. Seven bags in a, in a shortened season. He hit 271 with three homers. I mean, in a shortened season, that's pretty good. But you just mentioned the on-base percentage, 315. Uh, an OPS of 723. His OPS plus was 97, so below average. So from a real-life perspective, not a good year. Uh, but he did put up some good counting stats. And that's a good point because what we look for in spring training isn't just home runs, batting average, all that kind of stuff. It's the peripherals, if you want to say, call it that. But the walks, the strikeouts, who he's hitting, who what pitchers he's hitting off of, the exit velocity, does he look good? That kind of thing. And that's a good point. He's not walking. He's just getting hits off spring training pitchers. Anyone can. A lot of these major leaguers can do that easy. He just looks the same. I mean, it's, it's, he's been in the game for, like, what, five years now? And he's just the same player. Nothing. Same changed. player. And he was, like, a huge yeah. prospect at one point, yeah. too. Yeah, he was, like, number well, he was like number eight in the Orioles system. But, yeah, I liked him a lot. He was. You thought he was going to be the next Adam Jones at one point. I yeah, remember you saying bit, that. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Kyle Lewis is that now, so that's okay. Yeah, that's true. All right, Nick, give us your first player that's caught your eye. Uh, the first player that's really caught my eye is actually kind of a guy that I haven't been high on, um, so opposite of what Robert's uh, with Mullins, but Mikey Moniak. Um, he's kind of been the – it seems like he was the Phillies' top prospect for the past 20 years. He's kind of dropped down the ranks now since he hasn't been able to produce, but he's starting to look pretty well this uh this this spring training he's hitting the ball harder he's trying to change up his swing and he's kind of that needed uh lefty bat in that lineup outside of bryce harper but um there kind of is an one outfield spot kind of open right now for that for that phillies team and i think moniac can can fill that with how he's playing um they kind of got four guys playing for uh for 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 left field right now or so uh moniac I, he's really caught my eye i think he's uh has potential to uh to perform uh, so I think it's realistic that he's that he really did find some game power finally. Yeah, it's, he was the first overall pick in 2016, but you didn't really hear much about him after that. Honestly, he mm-hmm. just kind of hasn't really been talked about much, and it's because he hasn't really put up any good numbers. But he's having a great spring, Robert. You you mentioned he might he actually might be in the mix for the center field job, right? Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, so Ramon I mean that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It only took him five years to get to get up to this point. <laughs> no biggie. And no, no one biggie. was expecting him to to do anything either but Mm -hmm. quietly having a great spring no one's really talking about it but that's a good one i think uh do you think he could do you think he could take the job robert uh there's potential there but i think adam hazley seems like the favorite just because he's been there a little bit he had a little bit of a better Mm -hmm. streak last year and he's starting to look a little bit better as long as he's healthy and then of course roman quinn's just more of the defensive speedster type that fits more of a fourth outfield profile but Moniac's a prime example of you know you look at the numbers and you say Ooh, I don't know this guy eh. but the eye mm-hmm. test it tells you there's some upside and the scout who got him in that uh high pick there's a reason for it and I think mm-hmm. it's starting to come out yeah I think that's that's the thing I, mean, I think Hazley's kind of the, the middle ground of the two obviously like you said Quinn's the premier defender uh but I think even though he's drafted 2016, hasn't really put out. I mean, there's still potential, like you said. They they get drafted high for a reason. Scouts see something. Scouts are professional scouts for a reason. So mm-hmm. there's got to be something there. I agree. He's only 22, and mm-hmm. he was drafted like I said, drafted out of high school. And you know, progression like that isn't linear. So players sometimes break out later times than others. And not everyone's a Fernando Tatis Jr. who can break out at 21 years old. So maybe we'll see him. Maybe uh, well, he might maybe play a utility role a little bit uh i 
chances are he'll probably be at the alternative site or minor leagues for most of the season until there's injuries or there's a need for him to get called up because I think the Phillies do, do see him as a prospect still. Not necessarily one of the top prospects, but they're going to treat him. They're not uh, They're not going to just call him up and waste you know, the, the Super 1 deadline or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do that because they do see him as a prospect still. Whether he's the top prospect or not, that, that can be debated. So Mickey Moniak uh, is Nick's person. Mine is a, a person I've been kind of on. I think Robert's been on a little bit too in the past. Ty France used to be with the used to be with the Padres and he is now uh, with the Mariners and he's having a great spring. Let me run down the, the numbers for you. So he's had 13 at bats, 615 batting average, three homers, five RBIs. Uh, he has just kind of torn it up. He is slotted in right now as the Seattle Mariners full-time DH. Uh, he might. I don't, he's not really good defensively, so it's probably the best spot for him. But he's got a heck of a bat. If you look at last year, uh, he actually had a great year in a short year. Four home runs, 305 batting average, 368 on base percentage, 836 OPS. And so, overreaction or not, I I like him a little bit, but I think there is some overreaction here. Uh, one, the defensive. He's he's a defensive liability, so he's probably relegated to a DH role. That that's going to limit his value in some capacity. Two, he doesn't really hit the ball all that hard, honestly. Uh, his exit velocity last year eighth percentile, according to Baseball Savant. Hard hit percentage eleventh percentile. Uh, but he does put the ball in play, and he hits the ball. He doesn't really hit the ball on the ground necessarily. They're more like slow line drives, is what it looks like. So, um. I do like him a little bit. I do. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in the middle of this one. I think it's a little bit overreaction to say he's going to be the next Kyle Lewis for the Mariners or something like that. But I do think there is some upside here. Uh, Robert, I think I was right when I said that you, you do like him a little bit. And I saw your face kind of light up. So Yeah, I think the main reason I like him, though, is more so fantasy value. I mean, <laughs> if you look at second base, there's not a lot of potential home run threat second baseman, and he's the one that could be top three in the American League only's. Uh, American League only leagues. He's one of those teams, uh, one of those players on those teams that can hit like 25, 30 home runs. So he's definitely a guy I would be looking out for. But when you say, yeah, he's a DH in everyday life, uh, it's, the value isn't quite there. But this is a guy who crushed the minor leagues. I think he was a 25, 30 home run guy in the minor leagues. So, and he had high batting average, high on base percentage. So the upside's definitely there. You really think he can hit 25, 30 homers? Wow. Depends. That, we'll see. that ball field. You know, well, he's got a swing where he can go the other way, too. He's not just a pull hitter. I think Surprising. he's more of a, a hitter, like a more complete hitter than a power hitter. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see him developing so much power. I could see him being like a 15-home run guy, but I think he's more of a contact guy from what I've seen yeah. so far. I don't know. He reminds me of Ryan Healy, too, but like a better contact stick. So <laughs> I think he has Healy power. Which would be, you think, well, Healy did 20, have 25 20, home runs. 20, 25 home runs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. But I don't know about consistently, but I'm saying like the peak is there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if the upside's there. Just looking at some of his, you know, batted ball profiles. Even in spring, he hasn't really hit the ball like super hard off the bat. Um, he's got great uh, uh, ex, uh, launch angle, launch angle swing. Yeah, that's well, that's Kyle Lewis helps too. him hit I mean, some homers. We talked about that before. Well, Kyle Lewis just hits hit the ball super hard. Yeah, and then it's super hard animal. though. But he hits it decently hard. Yeah, hits it harder than Ty France. Yeah, mm-hmm. but probably not too much harder. I don't know about that. But, yeah, so I, there is up some upside here. I just don't think there's a lot. So I'm in the middle on this one. All right, Robert, let's uh, fl- uh, flip it back to you for your second guy. All right, let's go. we got to go with the biggest 
you know, storyline of spring training, Shohei Otani. He's 5 for 10. He has a home run. He has five strikeouts as a pitcher in one and two-thirds innings pitch. He did give up a few walks, which led to a run. And what's amazing to me is his fastball command was good for the first inning, then started to fall off a little bit. And then his splitter was pretty consistent most of that start. I would give him about a B-minus on that start. That was his B-minus stuff, and he struck out five guys in an inning and two-thirds. This guy has untapped potential from the plate to the mound, and this makes him one of the more threatening players in all of baseball, not only uniquely-wise, but because of what he can do in both aspects of the game. Shohei Otani, if he can stay healthy, even though at 26 years old, he has the potential to be... I mean, we could have a conversation of an MVP player because of his value and what he has to do for his team. That speaks MVP to me. Shohei Otani looks amazing from every rest regard in spring. Yeah, I think, I mean, just talking MVP, I think he brings an interesting debate. Even if he's above average hitter and, and a lights out pitcher, I think that still brings a lot of value. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like this, this spring so far, that home run he hit over the batter's eye was absolutely incredible. Uh, it just looks like such an easy swing for him going opposite field uh, or center field, I guess. Um, but even, like you said, the pitching has been incredible. And it seems like we kind of forgot how good he was just because the injuries kind of wore him down and tore him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Otani, he, he fills a hole that the Angels need and that's, and that's starting pitching. And if he can pitch like this and last the season, I think the injuries obviously is the concern with him. But if he can last the whole time, I think he's, he's, he's in that consideration for MVP. What I saw from his spring start was kind of the the rust being shaken off. He looked really sharp, like you said, Robert, that first thing, the fastball sharp, but you could tell that he hadn't pitched in over a year in game action. That's going to come with time. I'm still kind of wary on him for 2021 in terms of the stats. I think long-term he's going to be a stud, but I his hitting is there. I just don't know if the pitching is going to be there this year. Uh, Tommy John is really hard to predict. He The velocity is back, which was like step number one. You have to get the velocity back for Tommy John. Number two is get the control back and get kind of that the bite on your pitches. I don't know if I saw the bite yet. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to see more spring starts from him or more spring outings for him for me to kind of be bought in for this year. Right now, I'm not completely convinced on the pitching side. I've been convinced on the hitting side for a while now. I'm not concerned about that. Um, yeah, so I, I do want to see him more mm-hmm. in spring before I go, yes, he's back. Yeah, no, I can't argue with that at all. I think hitting-wise, he looks so comfortable at the plate. He's taking pitches like he normally did when he was going off his rookie year, getting into full counts, not trying to do too much. You know, we say this a lot. He's not, like, swinging out of the zone. He's keeping his composure. He's changed his health regiment this year. He's really trying to stay healthy and really uh, changed everything about his work plan, his ethics, he's just continuing to get better and stronger, and I really hope he does stay healthy because this is a player we need. We talked about Tatis being so important to our game today with his energy. Shohei Otani's a different type of energy that we need in this game. Yeah, we did see glimpses of that like classic new buckling uh, curveball in that outing too. Like there were some really good curveballs that he threw. Yeah, I think there was more of a split finger, but yes, you're right. It looks like a curveball. Yeah, I think it was a his breaking finger. ball, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. It looks really yeah, good. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, watch him going forward. All right, Nick, give us your second guy. My second guy is another young guy. It's uh, Bobby Witt Jr., and uh, I know 
he's kind of been up and down with what people think. There's a lot of people that think he's he's got Trevor Story type potential. With I think he does potential speaking. He's he's a huge shortstop and he's gonna eat, he's gonna stick there because he's so athletic. He has the big bat. Obviously, the swing and miss stuff is is kind of the the, the concern that's holding him back with how just how his swing goes. But he hit almost a 500 foot bomb earlier this spring, um, just a couple of days ago. And I think it's I mean it proves the power he has. Um, and I think it, it puts him in consideration. The 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 Royals. I mean, they're they're a rebuilding squad, even with the weird deals they made this year. But I think he he needs to come up and play. Whether he plays in the outfield, like like there was talks with Mondesi there or what. But I think that's a bat that the Royals would de- desperately need if they even want to think about getting a wild card spot this year. Yeah, I know Robert. You had some concerns about Bobby Witt as a prospect. He's got the power is there, no question. But there's some swing and miss, right? Yeah, he does remind me of Trevor Story. I mean, people can talk about athleticism all they want, but when I saw Story in the minor leagues, when I'm watching the tape on him, the guy was a fundamentally phenomenal defensive shortstop. Bobby Witt profiles, as you kind of messed up a few weeks ago, Luke, about his position. He profiles as an outfielder, not a shortstop. He's quick. I think he might be faster than Trevor Story, but I don't think he's a shortstop. I don't think he has any athleticism as far as comparing him to the comp of Trevor Story. The power can definitely be there. As Nick said, you know, he hits mood shots. That's kind of Story's MO, too. But I, I don't think he's even close to Story. Story's in almost his own league right now. Um, I'm looking at, he's only had, like, one year of professional ball since being drafted in 2019. He's second overall. He had 160, or 180 plate appearances in rookie ball. He only hit one homer, which is actually surprising to me, but he had nine stolen bases. And he hit 262 to 317 on base. So to me, that's saying a lot of speed. Um, we've seen the we've seen the power potential, but he didn't really show up in that one season. Maybe he's developing into his power, but he really doesn't walk much, and that's concerning yeah, because yeah. who else? There's a lot of players out there that hit a lot of homers and don't walk much, and they're not worth mm-hmm. much these days. Yeah, pretty much. So, so it, uh, being a young guy, you got to hope that he can. Um, yeah, only 20 years old. Yeah, being a young guy, he can. You got to hope he can develop that skill. Um, I, I haven't seen much from him in spring training. I'll be honest, except for that home run. So I don't know if he's had a lot of at bats and if he's been taking I, a lot of pitches. Um, but I maybe I should go back and watch and see if that's something he's doing. Yeah. I mean, he's had 17 at bats. I, I don't think most of them were even televised. Yeah. What's his walk? Does do you, does, do you have walks to strikeouts there? Um, Actually, I might have it right here. He's walked one, struck out twice. Okay. So he's still not walking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's but only that's, two strikeouts and seventeen at bats. That's a well. And I don't. Look, I'll, I'll look more at walks than strikeouts in spring training, because uh, you don't. Really, he's probably playing in like the end of games when it's like the single A and double A pitchers who have no chance of making any team. Uh, that's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I I, I like him uh, as a. Not nah, it's he he needs to develop more. I don't mm-hmm. think we're gonna see him this year. I don't think so. He does need to develop. Obviously, we don't know anything about his alternative training camp last year, so I can't speak to that. But I don't know if he's, just from what we've seen professionally, I don't know if he's ready. All right, let's jump to my second guy. And he's, uh, I know Robert's got his watch list written down. I have a watch list in my head, kind of, that I've been keeping track of. And this guy was, like, one of the first people on my watch list. Austin Meadows, outfielder for the Rays. Mm -hmm. Uh, had a terrible year last year. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. Uh, let me just run by it because it was bad. Um, so he hit 205, 296 on base percentage, four home runs. Um, but, I mean, all the reports are saying that he, you know, he had COVID in July, right before the season started. 
He had an oblique injury. So really, it seems like a lost season for him. And so going into the spring training, I wanted to see, could he get the swing back? Could he get the power back? Because we didn't really see a lot of the power last year. He just looked like a weak, he just looked weak at the plate. Uh, so far, we have three home runs, 333 uh, batting average, only nine at-bats, though. But uh, I'm really happy to see the, the power's back. One of his home runs hit, were hit, was hit 108 off the bat, too. And that's classic Austin Meadows. Um, this might be the year, and a lot of this does go to, to fantasy baseball because spring training doesn't really mean that much to real-life teams. Austin Meadows is going to start no matter what, so he's not battling for a spot. But if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, this is the year to buy low on this guy because I think this guy has huge, tremendous upside. Uh, the only thing I have concerns with is injuries. He's had injury history. But if you're buying at a price right now that's low because of his deflated 2020 season, I think you can kind of bake that injury history in. So I, I've been watching Austin Meadows a lot this this uh, spring training. Very impressed. Looks like he might be back in 2019 form where he had just like a monster year, the MVP of the Rays offense. Uh, if he can reclaim some of that at least, it's going to be a great year for him. And, you know, people are maybe discounting him a little bit. So Austin mm-hmm. Meadows for me, I don't think it's an overreaction to see what we've seen from him this year. Yeah, I really like that. I I think going into last year, I think Austin Meadows was kind of what we thought was going to be the MVP bat of the Rays. Um, but obviously, like you said, he had an absolutely terrible year and Rays found offense elsewhere. But if I think he, if the way he's putting up right now is spring training, I think that's a, if he stays healthy also, that was a problem last year. If he can do that, obviously the Rays are, are again, one of the best, one of the best teams in the, in the AL. Um, so I think he, yeah, I, I really agree. I think he's a, a big bat to watch out for. Yeah. Robert, what do you think about Austin Meadows? I think he's a great fastball hitter. I just have concerns about him hitting breaking balls consistently. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Let's circle back to you, Robert, and give us your third guy. I think this is one of the most interesting players in baseball because in 2019, this guy hit 230 and his on base percentage was 284. This is Willie Castro for the Detroit Tigers. He had 349 and had a 381 on base percentage last year in that shortened season. And in spring, he is crushing the baseball. He has three home runs, hitting 429 with a 467 on base percentage. Looks like we talk about this all the time, Luke, you and I, about putting on muscle. Looks like he put on like 10 more pounds of muscle. He has been raw. He's showing power. He's got a launch angle swing. He shortens the swing with two strikes. This is a really good-looking player, and a lot of people are probably going to be talking about him as a sleeper, but I think the world knows who he is after last year. I don't think it's a sleeper, and you're seeing how good he's doing in spring. I think this is the right reaction. I just think if you're playing fantasy baseball, for example, you don't want to overpay for this because he might just be a contact guy and the power might not be there, but he has potential to either hit high average or hit for a little bit more power and have a solid average. Solid player in a really, really boring lineup for the Tigers next season. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I haven't seen much of him this season or this spring training, but yeah, um, I think I need to because yeah. I was at your place just watching some of those first spring training games. They weren't televised, but he had like two hits right. that day, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's got two hits already. Yeah, and that's a name <laughs> that's popped up before, and I just haven't really been researching him that much. Do you think he's got a spot? I think so. I think he's a good mm-hmm. middle infielder for fantasy, too. Yeah, he's got that's that great spot. I think he's better than uh, who's that other guy they have on the Tigers that we always or I liked. Who's a little bit too old. Nico Goodrum. Nico, Nico Goodrum. He's a way better Nico Goodrum is what he is. Yeah, because Goodrum played shortstop last year. Played yep. like everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I he might Castro's go back to utility likely. role if Willie yeah. Castro starts. Yeah. But I don't know if Castro will play short or he'll play second. We'll see. 
so. And they have Scope uh, he'll, at he'll second. Probably, yeah, he'll probably play short. Scope's okay. going to play second. Scope's going to yeah, start. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching him a little bit. The Tigers are just an intriguing team in general for me just because of all the prospects. We've already talked about this, but they're pitching prospects. And, you know, Spencer Torkelson, who's still, you know, not close to the majors yet, but he's getting there. And they've got a lot of guys I'm intrigued by. Uh, Riley Green, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that team's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about that. That's exciting yeah. team. And it, it always helps when you have guys like, you know, these Willie Castros that aren't, yeah. like, huge, huge prospects, but they come up and make an impact. It's kind of like the hey. Cardinal way where they just, like, bring up, like, card prospects that aren't, like, top ten in their system even, and they make impacts mm-hmm. and become, like, starters for a few years. So Well, he's on the fast track. I mean, statistically-wise, he's on the fast track of being the next DJ LeMahieu. And I don't mean that, like, saying that it's going to happen, but, I mean, you look at the numbers and what the kind of role he plays, you I would not be shocked. All right, Nick, give us your third guy. Uh, so my third guy is actually a, a, a clump of three guys. Um, it's the Royals' projected middle of the order, uh, Santana, Dozier, and Soler. Uh, I, we've talked about how we kind of ex, we've kind of have uh, figured the Royals might be a third-place team in the, the Central. Um, but I, with the way these guys are playing this spring training, I don't think they have a shot. Um, obviously, the, the the offense was good last year with Soler and Dozier hit well, but uh, I think Dozier's hitting under 100, Soler's hitting under 200, and I think Santana's just over 200. Uh, they're not hitting the ball well, they're not driving in runs, they're not being a productive middle of the order. Uh, uh, a three, obviously the Royals don't have a huge bat anyway, but I think these three are going to absolutely limit the Royals to competing again with the Tigers for last place in the division. Really? <laughs> What an exciting race. Race to the bottom. <laughs> All right. I don't really have much to add on the Royals. I I just I'm I'm not gonna watch probably any games this year, so <laughs> I'm keeping Mondesi. So you'll it. watch some yeah, Mondesi in your fantasy. I might some end up steals. with a few yeah, some players steals. too. Some steals. I'm just trying to think of players that I like. I mean I obviously like Solaire, but in our league he's not gonna be going anywhere, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. There was got Perez. Win. He's like one of the only good hitting catchers. No, he's gonna be so much. Yeah. Yeah. And Gary Sanchez mm-hmm. is gonna be overrated too. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, going to my third guy. It's Madison Bumgarner, who had an amazing, Ooh. electrifying two innings. The only two innings he's pitched in spring so far. Uh, Robert was freaking out about it. Honestly, I was too. It was actually a pretty good outing. His curveball looks really, really good. Um, but, 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 but. It's Madison Bumgarner, and I can't just say I like him because I would be saying Robert is right. Um, <laughs> the curveball did look great, but I don't. His cutter looked all right, too. I don't think it was amazing. It looked all right. You thought it looked amazing. I thought it looked fine. Fastball did not look good. His velocity was well, yeah, back was up. That's, yeah, that's good to see. Um, but I just. I think it's an overreaction to say Bumgarner is back. I think. We're going to see a, a massive gar- bum garner that we saw in his, uh, let's say, his last year at the last Giants. Last year of his Giants. Which yeah. was like a 3.9 ERA with, like, uh, he, he had the strikeouts, but because he pitched a lot of innings, 207 innings. And so he had 203 strikeouts, just below like a, K, a 9K per 9. And, you know, 1.13 whip, which would be really good. I just don't know if we're going to see that, though. I, like, I feel like we're going to see just like a slot below that. We're going to see kind of the low four ERA. He's not going to get to 207 innings. Do you think he's going to get 207 innings, Robert? 
I'd say 190. Okay. 190. So then you're looking at a strikeout mm, rate close. of like 185. I think a whip's going to be like 1.8, 1.2. So we're looking at a guy who, while good, not Madison Bumgarner good, if that makes any sense. And the Diamondbacks are paying him a decent amount of change, too. Um, so people are saying Bass Bumgarner is back. I don't think so. I think it's an overreaction. Great start from him in spring mm-hmm. training, but I, my expectations stay the same. He's going to be a mediocre pitcher. There you go. All right. Wow. Drop it. I, still, uh, I say he sticks on the 3-5 threshold. 3-5 ERA. You think he's going to have a 3-5? In that, in that division? Yep, I do. With two teams, and that's it. That's going to, even though Colorado traded yeah, away Rockies have no their best lineup. teams. They have no lineup. It's, 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 it's still pitching in Coors. It. It's still pitching in Coors. Story and Blackman. Eh. I'm saying Arise could hit 20 bombs there. CJ Crone hit a bomb today. Well, yeah. actually, no, he hit, he hit a double. He bombs, it was like 118 so. off the bat, though. Well, he, he crushes bombs, fastballs. So. And uh, Bumgarner no longer has yeah. a good fastball. Bumgarner might be like a, well, he a two-pitch pitcher at this point. I will admit the fastball was a little spotty, but when he located up in the zone, nobody hit it. So, and that's, well, and that He might be a two-pitch pitcher, man. His fastball. Yeah, yeah that's a conserve. A lot of innings on that arm. His changeup's never been amazing. A lot of innings. No, he doesn't really throw the So he's, got, he's usually been like a fastball cutter. Like The cutter is like ball. kind of a slider, a fast slider, and then a curve. Hey, that's what what, did, uh, it worked for him his whole career. Nothing's changed. Well, so, things have well, changed. He's different. He's getting older. Well, this is injuries. That's what's <laughs> yeah. changed. Not really his arm slot. It's the same That's what slot. happens when you have a 1,000 innings in one year on your arm. Yeah, when you pitch like a monstrous amount of innings when you're 23, 24, 25, 26. You're going to feel it when you're 29, 30. Even though that's young by, like, mm. baseball standards, his arm is not young. And that's what concerns me. It's like, like yeah. um, can he hold up over a season? That's, like, he, he doesn't have the greatest. Even when he was that last year, the Giants I compared it to, you know, he was hit pretty hard if you look at the the stat cast. And then last year, obviously, I don't. I think you can kind of throw out last year a little bit just because his velocity is mm. down three miles an hour. He's clearly affected by, like, the lack of preparation. So that's why I'm comparing it more to 2019. It's good to see the velocities back. I just I don't see anything that's going to make me think he's going to be better than 2019. All right. That's my overreaction, which is a true overreaction. All right, Robert, give us your fourth and final guy. All right, so it's not an overreaction. It's the right reaction. Josh Rojas, we're going to stick with the Diamondbacks. Utility guy, shortstop, outfielder more likely. I really hope he starts because there's rumors that Tracy Thompson might take over just because it's a placeholder spot, and I really disagree with that. Josh Rosas has great upside. He has shown power to both sides of the field, which I've never seen from him. He's a prime example of power can develop later on in your career, and he's showing it in spring by hitting the ball the other way, pulling the ball, hitting the ball with authority, shows solid speed, and he has just been tremendous, and this is something the Diamondbacks desperately need especially if Cattell Marte has another bad season as he had no power last year. They need to find something. And I'm not saying Rojas has 30 home run power or even 20 home run power. It's just the fact that he could hit 10 to 15 and he's shown that he has upside because he was a huge piece of that Zach Greinke trade. The Diamondbacks desperately need something to go right in that trade or they're really going to get ripped off in that deal. Yeah, well, hmm. they got like five chances. They have like five guys they got back or four guys. 
Yeah. So. Well, JB Buskaus has looked amazing too. I think he struck out everybody's face. Pretty <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, yeah, they so. definitely need a Rojas with Cole Calhoun out and. Um, yep. Looks like uh, I can't even think of his name right now. Remind me of the speedster. It'll be Dalton Varsho and maybe Castro? Rojas. No, the speedster. Oh, Castro had COVID. Yeah, typical. So who yeah. knows? They they're gonna need an outfielder to step in, probably at the beginning of the season at least. Well, Ross. Roster Resource has him that second batting leadoff, platooning with uh, Younger Cabrera. <laughs> and they, they don't even have Trace on, they the, have leading on the roster. Yeah, Thanks. I guess that ma- that yeah. makes sense because, like I said, those guys are out, so they need kind of a top-of-the-order hitter. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, we talk about it every year. Dimebacks, where's your leadoff? Could Rojas be the diamond in the rough leadoff? Could it be a thing? Who knows? We talk about it every leadoff? year. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we do. I talk since, about it every year. Like when's the, the start of uh, <laughs> the leadoff hitter? I'm talking about leadoff Well, last year he wasn't going to lead off with Marte. Happened. No, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> no. no. But Marte was an over-exaggeration by a landslide. And I agreed with you guys. I said, no shot his power is that good. Yeah, definitely was. All right, Nick. Give us your fourth and final. Uh, the fourth and final, I'll bring in some Minnesota Twins to this. I'm going to go with Kenta Maeda. Uh, he's absolutely incredible this spring. Uh, I think he's got five innings, one hit, seven struck, seven or eight strikeouts. And, I mean, they're they're not just cheap strikeouts. They, they've looked incredible. Um, Cy Young potential. He was in the running last year. I mean, is this the, the was that the really the breaking out party for him? And is he going to follow up? Uh, I don't know. I think that might be the overreaction for me right now. He's Like I said, one hit. He's, he's a whip master. Um, is he going to allow a run this year? I don't know. He doesn't allow one yet this spring training, so who knows? I think uh, Kenta Maeda, I think he's in line for a fantastic season if this is what he's shown already in spring training. Yeah, I think we're going to see him in the running for Cy Young again. Dude's nasty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he might just win the Cy Young. And he's developing a curveball, so. Yeah. Gross. Gross. All right, final guy for me, Aaron Savali. A guy we liked last year a lot for the Indians. Um, he's looked pretty good in spring, too. He's had six innings, a 1.5 ERA, four strikeouts. Hasn't left a lot of hits or, or walks either. Um, but he's always kind of been a good spring pitcher. I was looking up his spring training stats. 2.25 ERA, 16 innings, with 19 strikeouts. So he's always been a good spring training uh, pitcher. So I'm going to go overreaction on this one. Even though I do like Savali a lot, um, he has he's had a lot of hype in 2020. He didn't really put up. Uh, I know 2020 is hard to, to measure just because of the the obviously we all know it's just it was just a weird year. But um, I don't know. I I don't want to put too much into his spring trainings. I haven't seen anything new from him that leads me to believe that he's going to take that next step. If that makes any sense, I do like him probably just as much as I liked him last year. But nothing's taking not the 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 start's not giving me this extra step that I'm going to go out and get him. For more than you know, I think he's worth. So, um, I think a little bit of a reaction to his start. Um, I still like him, but just not really buying in that he's going to be a star yet. Robert, you like Savali? I love Savali. Yeah. He's a control <laughs> artist, and those are my type of pitchers that I always am high on. So there yeah, you go. I just wish he'd strike more guys out. I wish to, but it is what he it does is. have something swinging. He's got pretty good spin rate, doesn't he? His curveball is so yeah. gross. Like, he could get some swing and miss. I just don't think that's his, like, yeah. in his, like, his mindset isn't swing and miss. No, yeah, he throws mm-hmm. something else with two strikes. He's probably trying to throw that 92 
outside corner on the black and tried to get him to like look or something, but instead they ground out on it. So yeah, yeah, Which maybe his ideas aren't the same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our uh, players. I, I I call them overreactions, but just essentially players who have gotten good starts in spring training and if we believe them or not that's the long title to this and uh yeah so like i said just a few weeks left spring training make sure you enjoy every last minute of it because before you know it the regular season will be almost done and then we'll have playoffs like it always happens that way so uh we'll be here all throughout spring training make sure to follow along on all of your podcast platforms apple Podcasts, your google play music follow us on social media at such as pod on facebook and twitter and our email is thesitchespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. All right, we'll talk to you all next week. Uh, I think we're doing our prediction show in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So make sure to be on the lookout for that because that's always a fun one and it's always a long one. And uh, we always think we're right and probably are usually not. So you can laugh at us. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Take care.